viewers, we, we've got Charlie Robinson on the channel, longtime friend of the channel, and he was in the Partners in Evil series back in the Epstein days of our coverage, you know, tip of the spear stuff. And we haven't mm. covered this case for a long time, but Charlie is now going to give us an update about this massive payment. What the hell's going on there, brother? Well, he, JP Morgan had to pay out quite a bit of money to, to settle their role in this whole thing with Epstein, which is funny because they, they said that there was not, there was nothing to do. They had nothing. They don't know what we were talking about. And yet they paid out almost $300 million to settle this. I'll tell you what, you don't pay that much money when there's nothing happening. And I think that what really it boils down to is that Jeffrey Epstein was deeply involved with these guys. He comes out of that world of banking. It's no surprise. Nobody should be, you know, <clears throat> I mean, everyone should be bothered by it, but nobody should act surprised by it. He He's connected with all of these guys. He has, has uh, Treasury Secretary Larry Summers is one of his buddies, gave him the, the, the role at Harvard. Um, you've got, uh, his, his come up through the banking system. God knows what he was doing in the eighties, uh, running guns and God knows what else through, uh, uh, with, in conjunction with, uh, Les Wexner and his groups over at Southern air transport, they were bringing in, uh, clothes from Hong Kong. I'm sure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Banks are involved in this. Banks are criminals. They're criminal enterprises. I think that the 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 normies out there that see the Epstein case, they go, oh my God, I can't believe this prestigious Wall Street bank would have so many ties to this devious scumbag. And it's like, no, no, no. What you don't understand is they're all scumbags. The banks are the banks are just a corporate version of Jeffrey Epstein. They're no different. It's not like somebody at the banks can be like, "Oh, we can't associate with the, with this pedophile human trafficking scumbag." No, no, the banks don't care. They, there's just no moral dilemma for them. It's all about money and it's all about control. And so, a guy like Epstein's extremely useful for them. I mean, the the role that he had with the banks is you know cannot be understated. I think an interesting component to this though, Sean, is, is something that I speculated about. And I want to make sure that I'm clear. I'm mm -hmm. speculating about this, but follow me, follow me with my logic here. You've got an, a, an unusual corporate push happening all over the world. I, you know, America, I, I'm, I'm here. So I'll, I'll focus on this environmental, social and governance, ESG, the woke agenda a social credit score for corporations. Who's on board with that? Well, anybody with a with like a half a brain would never be on board with it. If you're running a corporation, it is antithetical to what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be maximizing shareholder value, not worrying about the polar bears. Not that they're even fixing the polar bear situation, but 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 even if they were, not your problem. Your job is to is to is to turn a nickel into a dime. And if you're if you lose sight of that, your board of directors, their job is to make sure that they get someone in there that understands what the job is. But all of a sudden, and almost on cue, all of these big name money managing guys, the Vanguards, Black Rocks, Larry Finks, you know, the 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 big banks, all of a sudden, and almost simultaneously coordinated and in unison, 
pivoted and decided to operate against their own best interest to operate to unmake the entire business industry that had been going on for hundreds of years. They decided to go against and remake the entire thing on a whim in order to be more equitable. Right. Because there's one thing I know that that $9 trillion of money that Larry Fink is managing, he really cares about equality, right? <laughs> no, they all got on board with this woke agenda. And yes, there's money from the government setting off to the side. And there, there's, a, there's, there's incentivization structure for this as well, financial incentivization structure. But was there another uh, incentive? Was Epstein at the core of this? I asked the question. And again, like I said, I'm speculating. But all of these guys, all the big, the big money guys, they're all Epstein friends. It's undeniable. He's not debated. They, he knows them all. They're all friends. They've either been to the island or they've been to the Manhattan play uh, townhouse to have dinner parties or they've, you know, wherever. So he knows all of them. Is it unreasonable to think that just to make sure that all these guys got on board with the ESG movement, that they had a guy like Epstein that had the goods on them in case somebody wanted to back out? I mean, I, like I said, I, I think it's just taking this to its next logical conclusion because he was operating in a way that he could make you do something that you would not want to do. And when I look at what's happened in corporate America, the, the pivot towards woke, the ESG stuff, the, the build back better, the World Economic Forum, all this stuff that these guys are talking about, it's not, it's not how you would run a company if you were trying to increase your shareholder value or make more money. You don't do that by alienating half of your audience or, or bringing in Dylan Mulvaney to represent Bud Light. I mean, you do that if you're committing corporate suicide. And yet here they are, they're all doing it. And so I wonder, I wonder, Sean, like how much does Epstein, did he play a role in having the goods on these people just in case they got off track? Right. This payment then, Charlie, this massive sum can we go over this a bit a bit more slower? What is the public reason this payment was made? I think I think the public reason was mistakes were made. <laughs> like the Donald Rumsfeldian, like, well, you know, we 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 made a we had a lapse of judgment. <clears throat> and Jeff Staley from from Barclays was involved, and you know, Everyone's trying to throw each other under the bus and say, this is the guy, you know, just focus on him. Don't worry about, don't worry about these other guys. It was all this, the, the, they paid the money to make it go away as we know. <clears throat> and look, when you get money at 0% interest or a quarter of a percent interest from the federal reserve, you essentially have access to unlimited money. So to pay 200 plus million dollars to make this story go away, is it something that your shareholders would like? Probably not. No, they, 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 but, but look, what are, what are your options? You want to drag this thing through a full, you know, for, through the full discovery process where we get all the, I mean, we've already gotten a lot of the emails. I mean, how much deeper can we go? This is not going to end well for the banks. It's going to show massive amounts of advanced knowledge, not caring who he is it's undeniable that he was arrested convicted and you know and then and and then started also going back and working with these banks this isn't like oh we didn't know who he was <clears throat> you did know who he, you knew who he was before he got arrested you certainly knew who he was after he got out of prison or whatever that makeshift prison was in in florida so 
the, the idea that they could just pretend like they didn't know what was happening that came to an end. And, and so that's not happening any longer, but, uh, the money, the money is nothing to them. It's a fortune, obviously. And if you want to compensate everybody that was punished or, you know, traumatized or hurt in some way by Jeffrey Epstein, it would never be enough money. But if you just want to get this out of the courts and out of the news cycle and have some finality to it and get the gag orders in place so that nobody can talk about this stuff and seal it all up nice and neat, you're going to have to settle it. And the only way it's going to settle is with money. So they did what they had to do. They paid the money to sh to end this thing and make it go away. And Americans have a short memory for this stuff. And Americans also think banking is boring, so they don't care. They don't follow it. They're, they're not into it. They see a banking story. And Epstein makes it interesting. Epstein is the most interesting component of this. But Americans in general just find banking and Wall Street to be boring. So they don't they don't worry about the people that actually would care about this have known that this is going on for a long time. So it's not news to them. It's only news that there was a transaction. But you know, listen that they'll they'll find a way to uh to still distance themselves from it. I don't I don't I don't see this destroying any banks. JP Morgan's not going to go out of business anytime soon. JP Morgan had a cargo ship off the coast of Philadelphia that was filled with tons of cocaine <laughs> that they owned. Nothing happened to them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. you can have cargo ships with pallets of cocaine get bust busted on a ship that the bank JP Morgan owns. Any handcuffs? No. I didn't I didn't see any. I didn't see this I didn't see the sea level of executives at JP Morgan getting let off in handcuffs because it never happens. And it's not going to. And they know it. You just pay the fine. It's part of the process. We're gonna pretend that we care and regulate you and go after you. And you're going to pay us our, our tip out. You're going to tip us out the way you should. You're going to give us the money that we need and all these fines that are collected and you know put away. All the lawyers get rich, of course. All of this stuff get, gets distributed around and it goes away real nice and quietly. And then Jeffrey, who? Jeffrey, you know, well, he's dead. So there's always that, as Bill Gates says. So, Charlie, who was the money paid to? That's a good question. Who was the money paid to? Uh, you know, obviously, besides the lawyers, you know, I don't know who the money was paid to. Are they? I mean, did you find all of the victims? I doubt it. Did you find a few that made a big a, a big stink about it and made made a lot of noise? Sure, there's some. I don't know. Did they did they even disclose it? Did they seal it? I, I'm not sure if if they announced who the money was even going to. <laughs> some some bank account in the Cayman Islands, and then it just goes right back. In. I mean, I don't know. My head's, I don't know. My head's gonna explode. It it didn't go. It didn't compensate the right people. I'm sure. It didn't. Um, I mean, not all of them, of course. And ha, and it'll ha, never it, be enough. Has it purportedly? Has it purportedly gone to victims? I think that's the assumption, but I don't know. I don't know the process of of when it gets paid out, who it gets paid out to, and the distribution schedule of that. But I do know that um, that they agreed to pay. Now, when they get the money, 
and how it gets dispersed and, and, and how it gets divvied up, that I don't know. All right, so we've got a pedophile sex trafficker, Jeffrey Epstein, who's worth approximately half a billion. His assets get put in a fund for the victims of his crimes. I understand the logic of that. And then a bank outside of this whole circle of compensation suddenly announces it is paying hundreds of millions to the victims of the pedophiles' crimes. Is that a correct assessment? Yeah. Does, well, if, if an outside yeah. entity such as a bank just says, I'm gonna, we're going to start paying victims of a pedophile's crimes this money, doesn't that therefore suggest that they are legally responsible for this person's crimes somehow? Otherwise, they wouldn't be interjecting? It, he did business. They allowed him to operate a criminal enterprise. Uh, so in that regard, they facilitated the operation of his criminal enterprise. The, the argument is if it wasn't for these banks, he wouldn't be able to do what he was doing with these, with these children. He wouldn't, it would be more difficult for him to keep this operation going. If he was unbanked, you know, like the rest of us are going to be for not getting on board with the social credit system and all that stuff. It's, it's tough when you're unbanked. I mean, you're seeing what's going on in your country right now, right? With, with, uh, with, uh, uh, Nigel Farage, who's, who's been unbanked, right? So you can see how that, how that can impact you. If you don't have access to traditional banking institutions, if you don't have access to the SWIFT banking system, the international wire system and, and, and all the things that, 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 so so in a case like this, J.P. Morgan allowed through their network of banking, um, through their legitimization of 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 him, just you know, however you quantify that, the the their ability to conduct international transactions via wire transfers and all of the things that the money that you know that was sloshing around in his account. And look, I'm sure that if you dig into the forensics of that you're going to find that that money was going to a bunch of people that would prefer you not know about that. And so part of this might be that the external forces connected to this are telling are saying to the bank to JP Morgan, you got to you got to make this go away, man. Like if it if it gets if it keeps going, it goes past JP Morgan and it comes to us and we can't have that. Pay them what they need to whatever they need. Hey, maybe we'll make it up to you. Maybe you know, maybe the 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 other co-conspirators that aren't being charged that aren't sort of having to pay for this. Maybe maybe there's some sort of deal in the background that where they're saying, "You guys pay the bill, you pay the fine, you take you're already taking the heat for it. Just make sure it stops with you, for God's sake. Make sure it stops with you. The two two seventy that you lost on this." We'll, we'll, you know, we'll take up a collection. We're, we're good. We'll, 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 we'll make it up to you. We'll get you on the back end. Don't worry, you know, or, or, or write it off. Oh, fuck, I don't know. I don't know how, how it works in their accounting. Could <laughs> you imagine writing off your taxes? Well, we had to pay $270 million, you know, because of the Epstein thing. So we're not going to, we're going to write it off on our taxes. American government would be like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, sure. you know, when HSBC is getting fined for laundering money for the Mexican cartel, it's more clear cut than this. 
So I'm going to look at, there's a, an article came out in The Guardian about this. I'm going to look for any clues or any more details here and get your reaction to it. District Judge Jed Rakoff approved a very large amount in addition to a 75 million payout agreement with Deutsche Bank. So Deutsche Bank's already done 75. JP Morgan is in for 290 million. Um, Chase settlement with women who said Epstein abused them and that the largest bank ignored the late financiers' sex trafficking. The approval was issued by U.S. District Judge Jed Rakoff at a hearing in Manhattan Federal Court, who said, this is a really fine settlement. He said the accord and a similar 75 mil agreement with Deutsche Bank he approved earlier this month were very large settlements that would compensate Epstein's victims, though not make up for the abuses they suffered. Epstein had been a J.P. Morgan client from 98 to 2013 when the bank terminated his accounts. I mean, does this... I'll, I'll stop here, pause here, Charlie, just to get your reaction. I mean, does this mean every paedophile who's got a bank account, the bank can now be held liable for the paedophile's actions? No, that would be unfair. That'd be that'd be crazy. You know, you at some point you can't you can't you can't say, well, you, know, listen, you, you committed these these atrocities in a house that you rented. We're going to hold the owner of the home liable because he should have known what was going. I mean, at some point they, they can't they they can't know what's going in and out, and yet they paid out, which makes you wonder exactly how deep these relationships were for with the banks. And and these are relationships that went on for a long, long time. He was a whale. He was a guy that they wanted. They, they didn't want to get rid of him. They, they made, made up excuses for why they should be able to keep him. And so this isn't something that you do when you're worried about a client that's going to, to, to cause you problems. This is what happens when you focus on making money. And that's what the banks do. You know, they, or at least that's what banks used to do was focus on making money. Now, they, now they're worried about how many one-legged Eskimo midgets are on their board of directors for ESG purposes, right? Now you've got to have the, that you've got to make sure that you've got the right balance of all of the marginalized classes and in, in, in order to have access to this money, Sean, that's sitting out onto the side. So the banks have now, you know, now that now it's like we're, the banks have always been criminals. I mean, they're, they're all convicted felons here in, in the States. They've all been convicted of multiple felonies. So this is not a, an industry that really has a great reputation to begin with, but now they're starting to get into some weird, um, uh, unusual belief systems, which is that they can, they can remake society. They can, they can, uh, transition to a green economy and, and the amount of money they have sitting off to the side to make that happen is $150 trillion that has been allocated over the years with a T that's trillion. It's sitting off to the side through the Glasgow, um, the the World Economic Forum and the Glasgow. Now, only 90 trillion of that is sort of like earmarked and funded and ready, sort of thought to be ready to go. But there, the fact that there's this massive pool of money sitting off to the side that is available for cor corporations that play ball with them, you just have to, you know, if you're going to do that, you're going to need somebody that can force the hand of corporations to to, to get them into this. And so um, that's why when I see businesses operating against their own best interest, it makes me feel like they're being blackmailed, right? You know, when, when you see these things and you go, you know, you've run, you know, you've, you've run an enterprise before Sean, you run your own business. Now you would know how things work. You know, that if you do something that is 
that is not profitable. You can only do that for so long. You have to change to a different method. You have to, you have to mix things up. You have to always be keeping an eye on it. When the banks and these large corporations decide that all of a sudden they're going to not be profitable anymore, they're going to go this whole different direction. It makes you think, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? And and then you go, well, you guys all have relationships to, um, with with Jeffrey Epstein. I wonder if he's, you know, I mean, it's it's a reasonable question to ask. Is is there something else that's forcing these CEOs? to do something that they don't want to do? Is there something that could come out if they didn't get on board with this? And, and, and look, if you're going to make, if you're going to remake the world through ESGs and, and, and this, you know, the, 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 the pivot towards the green new deal, the green agenda and all this, you cannot leave anything to chance. You've got to make sure you have a redundancy program. Now, offering these guys access to trillions of dollars of capital that are sitting off to the side, that's pretty good uh, incentive. But just to be on the safe side, why wouldn't you buy a copy of the Epstein info? You know what I mean? If you're Klaus Schwab and the boys and this is your big thing, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have access to this stuff. I mean, I would be that'd be one of the first things I'd spend money on if I were Klaus and the boys. I I'd make sure that I had everybody that's on board with this. There's you, we're burning the the lifeboats. There's no getting off this ship. If you decide to get off, we will disclose the relationship you had with Epstein. We will disclose whatever. So I can see this being used as a um, as, as I can see the money component being used as the carrot, I could see the Epstein blackmail information being used as the stick. Right. I'm going to continue to delve into this article and get more reactions from you. I left off saying Epstein had been a JP Morgan client from 98 to 2013 when the bank terminated his accounts. Victims led by a former ballet dancer known as Jane Doe One said JP Morgan missed red flags of Epstein's abuses and stayed in touch with him long after his official departure. Lawyers for the victims said last week that the proposed all-cash settlement was fair, adequate, reasonable, given the risks of further litigation and J.P. Morgan's denying involvement in Epstein's sex trafficking. J.P. Morgan, in a statement this month, said any association he had with Epstein, quote, was a mistake and we regret it. Epstein remained a J.P. Morgan client for five years after he pled guilty in 2018 to a Florida prostitution charge and registered as a sex offender. At Monday's hearing, Rakoff asked Jane Doe One's lawyer, David Boys, why there was no minimum distribution for each victim, noting that the Deutsche Bank settlement, which Boys also negotiated, guaranteed each at least 75k. Boyce said many victims in the Deutsch case were from Russia or East Europe and difficult to contact, making the guaranteed minimum an incentive to come forward. He said that was not needed in the J.P. Morgan case. Any reaction to that um, so far, Charlie? I don't trust David Boyce at all. He's made millions of He might have been those. able to get them a settlement, but I, I don't trust that dude at all. I think he's up to no good. I think he's controlled opposition. I think that they could, I think that if, if I, I think maybe there was more money to be had, um, I think this is theater. I think he's as bad. I think he's, he's as, as, as involved with these guys, or at least on, you know, at, at one or two deviations away from them. Uh, 
and 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 I I don't see him as some fighter for justice. Not when you get involved in this, you're starting to, you know, he's starting to hear some excuses that I don't exactly love. Um, my guess is that a lot of this money will go get diverted. Uh, obviously, they're going to take a massive cut from it, as they do, as lawyers do. There's nothing inherently wrong with that, but but uh, I just I don't I don't trust. I don't trust it, but you, but it even said in that art, yeah, we're going to make, we want to wrap this up because we don't want further litigation to sort of continue this, this, this could drip, 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 drip for years and make them look, you know, they're always going to look bad, but it would just be a constant reminder of who they are. But if you can put it all down into one moment, wrap it all up, seal it, make sure that the details don't get out too much. Oh yeah. It was just, undisclosed Russian Eastern European girls that were taken. And, you know, we, we don't know how to get a hold of them. That's very convenient. Right. So, um, that, that, that's one part of it, but you know, what, what about all of the recruiting that was going on in South Florida? What, what about all of the going to the schools and get, what about those girls? Huh? They're easy to find. They've got names. Are you sitting at minimum settlements for them? $75,000. When you pulled in 70 million just from Deutsche Bank, and you're going to give $70,000 to the victims? Where's the rest of the money? I mean, how many victims are there? If if that's going to add, it's got to have to add up to what? Two thirds of 70 million or close to $50 million. Good point. Let me just get my calculator out. Or, or is it all, is it all winding up in, in somebody in, in a, in the Caymans somewhere? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get good feelings from David Boys, I don't get good feelings from the Virgin Islands uh, court system. Uh, the obviously the Southern District of of New York is completely compromised when it comes to financial crimes, banking crimes, anything that having having to do with the the Wall Street. You you just get a totally different tiered set of rules and laws for those people, and fines instead of actual incarceration. So I don't, I don't even I don't trust the system. I don't trust the legal system. I don't trust the lawyers that are involved with this. I don't trust the confidentiality components of it. And, and obviously I don't trust the banks. So it, it's just a bunch of people that the only people I do trust in this scenario are the, the victims that, that went through this because I don't believe there's any sort of, as long as they could be proved to be victims, um, they should get it all as far as I'm concerned. So seventy-five thousand into twenty two hundred ninety million goes three hundred and eighty-six times. Now, years ago, there was a fund from Epstein's own wealth that they were saying there was a time limit limit on that you know for people to claim. So, if the claimants were compensated by the original fund, how is a second bite of the apple created? It's a good question. I wondered about that too. Do we have a new batch of victims? Are these old victims that are going back and double dipping? That seems impossible. I don't know why they would allow that to happen. But it are we? Is there something else going? On? I, I do, we're not getting the full picture here, of course, because so much of this is is sort of wrapped up in in uh, non disclosures and 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 the like. So I don't know how much of this is going to be made public. Uh, and that's the point wrap it up. If you could if you can spend 360 million dollars between these two banks and make it the whole problem just disappear and and go away in the year 2023 and not drag on for the next decade, 
they've had worse investments than that on on derivatives trades. So that's easy for them. They just, eh, you know, all right, just one bad trade, one bad acquisition or something like that. And in this case, it is a bad acquisition. Their acquisition was Jeffrey Epstein. And when you acquire a guy like Jeffrey Epstein, you get all the stuff that comes with him too, including the, the, the all the dirty laundry. You might want him. You might want him because he's got access to powerful people and he's got access to not just his money, but less Wexner money. All of these things, all these guys. This is a this is a tight group. They all know each other, and 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 there's. It's like you can think of it like Las Vegas. Las Vegas casinos compete for the whales that come in. This guy's got a lot of money. This guy's drunken lunatic. He comes in here once a month and drops eight million dollars. That's the guy Caesar's Palace wants, right? But MGM wants him too. So everybody's going to try and vie for him. Now, what if you? What if the guy that you decide that you you really really want to come spend, you know, to be loyal to your casino, winds up murdering a hooker in your, up in the room? You know what I mean? Like that's this is sort of how I view this because all these banks were fighting for Jefferson, and it's like, okay, well, if you get him, just remember, you get everything that comes with him including the sex trafficking component. And to pretend like they didn't know, I think is where, why they're paying the money because they did know and they didn't care. So if Epstein earned $158 million from Leon Black, is Leon Black liable for to compensate sex trafficking victims? It's a good, it's a good question. If that money was used in the commission of a crime, and how do you how do you determine? Like in the the pool of money, you know, Leon Black's money goes in there. I mean, he's been forced out of Apollo, right? But but Apollo's still around. They're not going anywhere. Josh Smith just bought the uh, Washington uh, Commanders uh, fo- football team. <laughs> he's a, he's Leon Black's co co founder. So nobody's like. No, nobody's going to jail. You might get thrown out. I mean, Leon Black might get thrown out of Apollo Global Management, but it's like you're still a multi-billionaire who'd been doing this forever. So now you're just forced into retirement. You're not led away in handcuffs. You know, you're not you you get your reputation destroyed. But again, anybody that's in this industry knew what was going on and they knew who these guys were. They knew who Leon Black was. I've known who he was way before Epstein. Not a good guy, never been a good guy. So, um, I think a case can be made that all of these people, if you put your money with Epstein, if you pay, first of all, what is Leon Black giving Jeffrey Epstein all this money for? What do you get from it? Is this, is this a, a, a guaranteed return or is this a return on investment of, of money? Is it something that isn't, is it something that isn't quantifiable? Is it something that doesn't, isn't measured in interest rates? What do you get back from Jeffrey Epstein? If you're just Staley, you know what you get? You get Snow White waiting for you when you get off the plane. That's what you get. Well, so that's a problem. Late last year, we had this headline on Reuters. Leon Black accused in lawsuit of raping woman in Epstein's mansion. I mean, do, do we know what the outcome of that case is yet? No. I, I, well, maybe, but I don't know. But I don't know the, the, the ins and outs of that one. Uh, yeah. You know, and look, there is there is a component of this that we we if we're being intellectually honest as well, we have to mention that, that there's some people that are just going to parachute in at the last minute and say they were victims when they weren't. So you always have to be careful about that 
side of things when you see this much money and you see this much like really kind of almost like lack of scrutiny like if you're just an epstein victim like who's going to question you too much so you have to make sure that all this stuff is legit but but leon black in a in jeffrey epstein's manhattan townhome of course that happens that's probably happened all the time they're running in the same circles they're in the same city it's a tight little group and um and and listen you didn't necessarily have to be a rapist to have dinner at Jeffrey Epstein's house. A lot of kind of normies in, in the New York scene wound up there. And I think some of them probably didn't know who he was. You know, I'm not going to say that everybody that had dinner with him signs on to everything that he did in the past. But, but when you're, when you're high ranking guy at money manager, billionaires, like, like these guys, they knew who he was. They knew what he was doing. They didn't go to a dinner party and they didn't accidentally go to a dinner party at a pedophile's house. They knew who Jeffrey Epstein is. And again, let's also not discount the 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 mega group component of this and that whole Israel side of the, the Zionist movement, which Jeffrey Epstein was deeply tied in. So it's not just that you're close with New Yorkers, rich New Yorkers, or even just rich hedge fund guys in New York, but you're close with the Zionist component of that, the World Jewish Congress group that is uh, the Bronfmans and and the Wexners and, and the groups that started, you know, the two that started the mega group, and then that outcropping of, of financiers and, and their ties. And they all had ties to Epstein. So there's a lot of people with advanced knowledge of it. I'm not, again, I, I'm, I'm trying to be careful to not just say you were at the Island. Therefore you're a pedophile. You could have been at the Island for fun with physics, you know, when he was doing his sciencey stuff and you might've been involved in some of the nefarious stuff, but you could have also been the guy that didn't know what was going on. Didn't stay for the after party, so to speak. And, and didn't know exactly the extent of it. But, um, but when you're Leon Black and you're p- putting $150 million into an Epstein fund, you know who he is. You're, you're, so, that's why you're doing it, is because you know who he is. Some of that money went to facilitate what he was doing, for sure. I've just found an update on that story in the Financial Times. Um, this was dated, when was this dated? May 25th, 2023. Apollo co-founder Leon Black wins dismissal of sexual assault lawsuit says ex-mistress who filed the suit was able to manipulate the legal system and media. Um, he abruptly quit as head of Apollo Global yeah. Management. Okay, well, so there is that. He quit after um, revelations about his relationship with Epstein, secured the dismissal. Guzel Geneva sued Black in 21, alleging he picked her out of an event for International Women's Day in 2008 plied her with promises of job interviews at Goldman Sachs at the beginning of a relationship that turned abusive. Sounds like par for the course, doesn't it? The uh, strategies of these guys. It's always, we're going to yeah. make, we're gonna make you a model, going to make you a banker. Um, the hook, that's the hook, isn't it? On International Women's Day, uh, on, uh, of, of, of all things, on International Women's Day, I'm going to make you a. I'm going to make you a star, baby. Come back to my hotel room. Where have we heard that before, Harvey Weinstein? Where have we heard that before? This is, look. This is unfortunately nothing new. Predatory behavior by scumbaggy 
ugly, short, weaselly, scumbaggy guys that never had the opportunity when they were, and now they finally have some money and now they're going to make things go their way. Now they're going to, they're going to, you know, we're going to, I've got the, the presidential suite at the Peninsula Hotel, baby, come on up to my room. Let's talk about scripts. I'm going to make you a star. Or, you know, if that works in Hollywood, why wouldn't that work in on Wall Street? Oh, you want a job at, at Goldman Sachs? I know all the guys at Goldman Sachs. Why don't you come up to my room later tonight? And we'll discuss your future. Charlie, so why it's, it's disgusting and gross, but why is Whitney Webb still alive? She's gone on Valuetainment. She's gone on these big channels, Russell Brand, millions of views. She's talking about Bill Gates. She's talking about the Zionists. She on Valuetainment, she played that Woody Allen, uh, the the telephone conversation. How on earth is she still alive? I, I, she must be a, have a huge target on her back right now. I, I Whitney's a friend. I, I, I care. I worry. I care about her safety. I don't want to make. I don't want to freak her out or anything. Obviously, um, I think she knows. She knows the reality of this situation. She knows who Danny Casalero was. We all do. Um, and we understand that this is a it's a it's a it's a it's a tough topic. But you know, with regard to the Epstein stuff, um you, you know, the you either when you have information, da- damaging information on a person, there are three options. And you can never say anything about it ever and just keep it, take it to your grave. Or you can tell everybody everything there is to know about it immediately and make it as public as possible. But the one thing you don't want to do is go right in the middle and say, I have information that will be very damaging and I might release it at some point, at some time in the future when I decide if I decide and blah, blah, blah. Because that gets you killed. So either if you've got the info, put it in a double book, One Nation Under Blackmail, Volume 1 and 2, publish that thing and get it out and just say information's out. You kill me or just all you'll do is validate everything I've said, or you never mention it again. Those are your choices. If you kind of try to ride it halfway through, like almost threatening, like you're going to put it out. You you've seen what the Clintons have done to people. They'll, they'll kill you in a plane crash. And then when they examine your body, there'll be a bullet hole in the back of your skull in the plane crash. You know what I mean? Like they don't leave anything to chance. So I, I worry about all this stuff. There's some, there's some components, there's some topics that you, that if you get on those topics, you, there's a greater chance that the authorities will make your life hell and anything having to do with child trafficking or these uh, influence operations. Those are the things. So I have, I worry if it, it, you know, and I, I had Whitney on a couple of weeks ago and, and, and we talked off air, you know, like, Hey, how are you? How, how's everything? She's good. Everything's good. Nope. All good. She's also isolated too. She's, she, which could be a bad thing, but she's, you know, you're going to, you know, hopefully she's smart. Hopefully she, she's, she, she, she knows how to navigate this. I, there's no, there's no instruction manual though for, for, for ratting out powerful people, except that, Sometimes there's a price to pay. Yeah, if they're coming for you, they can get you anywhere in the world. 
And, you know, Whitney's done loads with us over the years, and it was absolutely fantastic. Um, just an encyclopedia on the history of honey trap operations, etc. But you're up there as well, Charlie. Have you thought about going on these big platforms? Oh, I mean, listen, I'd love, I'd love to. I like Valuetainment. I like what they're doing over there. They seem like a, a good, a good group. Um, I, my intention is to talk about all of this stuff as much as I can until every normie out there has heard of this, and everybody. I'm not expecting everybody to to care about it to the extent that I do, but I would I would like for people to be made aware of this of how the system works. You know, my first book, The Octopus of Global Control, obviously you talk about control structures. And so I wind up in that Whitney Webb world where you're talking about sexual blackmail, entrapment, brownstone operations, uh, you know, the things that happen in American politics in the past with uh, the 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 Franklin scandals in 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 Washington D.C. and Omaha, Nebraska, and the trafficking of children, how that influence operation is run, and so I I think that you know in order to prevent you know part of the reason why I want people to know about this stuff isn't because I want people to be stressed out or scared or anything, but the more you know, the l- less likely it is for it to happen in the future or, or just the more difficult you make it for them to pull this off. If everybody understands that there are guys like Jeffrey Epstein out there potentially, then maybe the dad who's got the high school daughter who all of a sudden is coming home with more money than she normally had, or, so, you know, maybe it, it triggers something in that guy's head and he goes, this seems like it could be maybe sort of an Epstein ish thing. I should ask more questions. I should get involved. And if that is the result of more people knowing about it, then that's a great thing because then it makes it more difficult for these people to conduct these operations. But these things have been going on forever. I mean, the, 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 the volume one of her book, when she gets into the, the Roy Cohn, J. Edgar Hoover relationship, where they both had like mutually assured destruction of blackmail on each other to the point where they just went, I could take you out tomorrow. And the other guy says, I could take you out tomorrow. And you go, well, since you, we could both take each other out, let's just go party. And then they'd rent the, they did go to the Plaza hotel and throw the big party. And J Edgar Hoover would show up dressed as a woman and which would rightly get him thrown out of the FBI. Right. And, and but he's at a party of, of all criminals where everybody knows that everybody's dirty and everybody's got the goods on each other. So I'll go dressed as a woman. And he felt comfortable enough to do it because he knew, what are you going to do? What are you over there going to do? You're going to go to the papers and rat about this? I'll put you in prison forever. I'm the head of the FBI and have been for 50 years. And I think what people need to understand, a lot of Americans too, that, that get into like the, with regard to like the Trump situation, it's like Trump and the FBI, oh, they don't get along. You know, they're fighting everything. Well, remember this. Trump's attorney was Roy Cohn. So at one point, Trump's attorney was blackmailing the head of the FBI. And that cannot be overstated. We just got a question about that. Is the Roy Cohen, who was Trump's mentor, the Cohen who was involved in the Franklin scandal, CP production with Rusty Nelson? Oh, I don't know about the Franklin scandal. Maybe. I don't know about that. That's an interesting question because I haven't examined that. He's, he's the Roy Cohen... 
probably because he was running his own sexual entrapment operation in New York with boys for, it was, it was a, more of a, it was kind of an Epstein, but it was more of a homosexual uh, side to it as opposed to Epstein. that was more heterosexual. So, um, probably, but I don't know for, I don't know for sure if he was involved in the Franklin scandal, but that was around that time. And he was political. Yeah. I'd say it, it, if there's a Roy Cohn that was involved in the Franklin scandal, then it probably was him. But I, I'd have to, I'd have to dig into that a little bit more. I did have Nick Bryant on um, a couple months ago, and we talked a little bit about the Franklin scandal, of course, yeah, you know, because it's so relevant with what we we see with Epstein. And I think, you know, look for those of us that are now just for the first time coming across a guy like Jeffrey Epstein and, and, and understanding the concept of sexual blackmail operations that, that entrap politicians and make them do things that they wouldn't otherwise normally do. This concept is not new. It's been around for a while. It's been used by other people. Other figures have done this. This is just the, the modern day version. And there'll be another one. There'll be some, that another Jeffrey Epstein or some guy that's got a, you know, a different franchise on this, you, because, because it seems like they, they've carved up territory. You know, you've got some guys on the West coast doing it in Hollywood. You've got the East coast, uh, New York, Palm beach, uh, Virgin islands, uh, side of things. So, you know, you had the Omaha, Nebraska, Larry King running that operation back in, um, with the, with the, um, with the, the care homes and, and shipping people over to Washington DC for the Franklin scandal. So, Geographically, this happens, unfortunately, a lot of places. This has become a, a topic of, of, of discussion lately in America of, of child trafficking. It's been in the, in the media. It's been in social media. The, the movies have been coming out and it's been a lot of discussion about it. So it's very real. And I hate to have to talk about it because it's so disgusting and it, it puts you, you know, it leads your mind down a really dark path. But again, the alternative is to is to not know anything about it and if you not if you don't know anything about it you're you're actually in a situation where you it run, you run the risk of it happening easier so so we we sort of have to know to the extent that we just just so that it doesn't happen again or so that we we spot these things i think everybody's going to be on the lookout for a jeffrey epstein type character now and that's a good thing it, it put there in their mind the the concept of brownstone operations and how effective they they could be and of course now we're moving into a we're really moving into a post jeffrey epstein world where the the need for the hidden video camera in the bedroom of the politician doing unspeakable things is almost irrelevant and unnecessary now that we have artificial intelligence and the the, the creation the ability to create deep fake technologies and things like that it's you're going to get to a point where it's like you can't tell if it's real or faked or whatever. So now, you know, instead of the old days where they used to wait to catch some politician who was cheating on his wife or was a closeted homosexual and they catch him coming out of somebody's house and then they've got, they don't even need that anymore. Now they'll just be able to put out a video of you with a 11 year old boy and you, and you could scream your brains out saying that wasn't me. They, they faked the whole thing and there's going to be a certain percentage of people that'll go, yeah, whatever pedo, you know? So, so it's a new era and it's a new a new digital era that we're getting into. And I, and, and I'm, I'm worried about it and um, you know, but it's, it pays to know how the game is played uh, it, you know, just, just so that we don't fall into these traps moving forward. 
So the stuff that we did with you and Whitney on Epstein, YouTube made us take it down. With Whitney just going on this spree now on these big channels, are any of these channels being forced to take that stuff down? Is um, is that still going on, or is, is YouTube know. softened? Is YouTube softened on it? Well, I don't know. I'm I'm not even on YouTube anymore. I can't be. They they just don't they don't like my face, <laughs> and uh, I'm a little surprised. You know, that's the downside. If you're a big show like that, when you bring somebody on who's doing outstanding work like Whitney, like you, you unfortunately, whoever her enemies are, the social media platforms, the banks and whoever, you know, she, she's now dragged them into your world, unfortunately. And so it, it does raise the possibility that some, uh, like a, a show like Valuetainment could, could have uh, repercussions of having her on. I don't know. Though. I don't know if they've if they've uh, if they've faced any of that, but um, but but that's the treatment that we get when we talk about these things. You know, the the big shows tend to get a little bit of leeway from time to time uh, because I think it might look bad. I mean, it would look really bad if Whitney went on Valuetainment and then the next week they were pulled off. <laughs> it'd be obvious why so if you do if you're if you're youtube and and you know you have different ways of doing it maybe you just down boost everything you just put them in some sort of like island digital island where they they, they only get limited engagement and i mean obviously we know they can do that they've been doing that for a while but maybe in a, a more subtle way instead of valuetainment waking up one day and their channel's gone which would rightly infuriate them and, and and they'd be looking for reasons as to why instead leave them up and then just make sure that their reach is limited in 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 scope and so that that's maybe a different way of, of doing it so that you don't cause the streisand effect which is to to look at the at this uh this decision and then say why did this happen and then it makes it a bigger deal than it normally would have been so um yeah, I I, wor- I look. I worry about all the people that are out there talking about the truth because it's it, we're in a we're in an era where the truth is dangerous for a lot of these people, and um, and and there's no line, there's no moral line that they won't cross to silence people. Unfortunately, so Verity wants to know, Charlie, have you watched The Sound of Freedom? Looked into Tim Ballard, who made her skin crawl along with Cezaville worshiping him. Yeah, I I haven't uh I haven't seen the movie. I have I know uh, the ins and outs a little bit about it. Um Tim Ballard, real person, real questions about the real person. Um this was a movie that was made years ago and and not didn't see the light of day for for a while. I if everyone in America is all of a sudden really excited about the one thing that's going to save us all, I tend to get kind of mm. suspicious of it. It mm. feels like a trap a little bit. I'm all for talking about the child trafficking issues and situations. It's real and it's disgusting. But but I'll tell you what, if I were to label the one the one thing that will absolutely positively get you killed is talking about Child Protective Services in the United States and the trafficking of children. If you get into that, you're going to have big, big problems with people that are very dangerous. So again, when these movies are are 
allowed to come out. I I have questions about that, but but I but I, I my default is set to like be skeptical of everything. It's not a good trait, I don't think. And it probably protects me in some ways and makes me unbearable to be around too, I'm sure. But um I'm I'm instantly suspicious of everything, especially anything that that's getting traction in a world where it shouldn't get traction. I get suspicious, you know. And there's a there's a there's a Wilford there's a line in the movie The Firm. Wilford Brimley's character is playing it. He goes and, and Tom Cruise is like, "What's your what's your problem?" He says, "I get I get paid to be suspicious when I've got nothing to be suspicious about." That's what he said. And I and I feel like that's kind of us. Like, I'm suspicious about everything just to be safe. <laughs> Charlie, phenomenal as always. Let the viewers know where they can find you and support you, please. Oh, well, I appreciate you, of course, person, you personally, I appreciate your fans who have a ton of, I get a ton of interaction from them every time I'm on the show. And it's, and and I, I really, I like that so much. Um, Macroaggressions goes out as a audio podcast, wherever podcasts are served. I just had James Corbett on, on Sunday, um, put out an episode today on Chinese chemicals and, and the dependency that we're, we're, feeling for those you can catch that in audio format everywhere as a podcast in video format probably over at rockfin that's the best place to do that you can follow me on twitter at macroaggressions oh and by the way um i and a bunch of us in the alternative media have been nominated for an american liberty award you can go to american liberty awards.com it's a uh it's fun to just take a look and see who the nominees are. There's a bunch of people on there. Whitney's on there too. David Icke's on there. You know, there's, there's, there's a bunch of uh, cool, uh, interesting people doing things and you can vote on it. I've been nominated for best analysis broadcast, best info bomb creator and most truth revealing book. So if you are, if you're interested, you want to check it out, you can vote for me. You stuff the ballot box, stuff the ballot box. (laughs) I'm just flattered to be included in the list with all those people. And obviously it's not, it's not about awards or anything like that. And it's not about money. Nobody's getting into the alternative media like this to make money. We're doing it because we feel, uh, you know, we feel a a desire to make the world better. And um, I don't know, I I do what I can. So you can, so I appreciate you, Sean and, and everybody. Thanks for having me and I'll see you next time. Course. you got a pure soul charlie we wish you well with your mission thank you, huge thank you for coming on huge thank you for the viewers for your questions the show is over now good night everybody much love and respect wherever you are in the world cheerio 